0: We're not supposed to do the force, the should, the hustle anymore. We're really supposed to be like, what is best for me and my body? Like what feels like, what feels good?
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Money Mindset Manifestation Podcast. This episode, I have been not being able to sleep for. It's like Christmas morning. I'm so honored, so excited, so grateful to have Angela here. And you guys know who Angela is. Angela is my very first business coach. She is the reason, truly, I attest to where I am today. She was honestly one of the first people to believe in me and see me and like, hold this higher vision for me that I've never had anyone hold for me before. And that truly changed everything for me. And I'm so grateful to have you here today, because, you know, we haven't seen you like you've taken a beautiful break from social media, which I can't wait to dive into. And I'm just so honored that you're here today to talk about that message with us and share all your wisdom and share you know, this journey that you've been on, because I know it's been a journey for you. And I just know, I know you and I know you haven't, I know you've been realizing a lot of things and you have so much wisdom to share with us. So I'm so honored. I'm so grateful for you to be here today. So thank you for everyone who hasn't, you know, met you before or doesn't know about you yet. Can you just give everyone a little description of, you know, your story, who you are and what brought you on this journey that you're leading today?
0: Well, first of all, what a friggin' introduction. (laughs) I miss you and your energy. Like I was saying, just as we were chatting, just before you hit record, you know, I just, I have been in this sort of my own hole, which I'll get into. But even just catching up with you via email, listening to your podcast, I can feel your energy. You have not changed one bit. And I'm so, I feel like it's the perfect person to, to kind of come out of hiding and chat with. So, thank you, and I love you, and I'm so proud of you, and I know we'll get into all of that, but I feel like I want to interview you right back. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I'm Angela McNally, well, McNally Bartolo. I am a business and life coach who has sort of been on this journey of refinding what that means and and how I want to connect with people. Do you want, Where do you want me to
1: start? I actually want you to start at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey because your entrepreneurial journey has inspired me so much. And it was actually like the number one reason why I first reached out to you because I find it so inspiring and also so relatable. So, you know, even when you had – what was the first business, Pretty Things?
0: Eating Pretty. Eating pretty. (laughs) Yeah, I was a nutritionist back in my 20s. And, oh my goodness. So this was well before, like Facebook had just come out. There was not, you could not buy a program, a health program, any program, really on every corner of the internet. And so the way you connected with people was really strictly only through social media. And so I went to nutrition school. And as I was graduating, I was also participating in fitness competitions, I guess you would call them, like kind of the bikini. It was a really kind of secretly unhealthy lifestyle that, you know, shows really healthy looking, right? So because it's such a transformation and, you know, so especially on Facebook when things, you have to understand, like it's so new to people. Now you see it and you're kind of like, oh yeah, this is a dime a dozen. But back then, I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And so, always an entrepreneur at heart, like really and truly. I think I had had one million little businesses as like a teenager, <laughs> and you know, early twenties. But the first time I really took a business seriously, I was like, "Okay, I can teach people this." You know, so while I did go to holistic nutrition school and did have the knowledge of doing it in a healthy way maybe i wasn't doing it the most healthy behind the scenes i think that when you do extreme dieting for the first time it can really enforce disordered eating even if you don't mean for it to and so it was a really big struggle for me in terms of you know wanting to be this picture of health and encourage people to be healthy but then like secretly really battling and Mm -hmm. So and actually, I've never really talked about that angle of it before. But again, I've just had so much time to reflect on everything, and so I really think about that a lot lately. But regardless, what happened was I put on Facebook. Okay, everyone's asking me what I'm doing. Let's do a ninety. This is embarrassing. A ninety-nine dollar weight loss challenge that I now I cringe so hard at thinking about that. But it was a different time. It was two thousand seven or eight, and it was just it was more acceptable to talk about you know the purpose of being weight loss, to only subscribe to one standard of beauty. Now we're so lucky that we get to live in a time and actually raise children in a time where there's lots of standards of beauty or becoming more standards of beauty. But then there really wasn't. So anyways, that's neither here nor there. I ended up having four 400 women sign up over the summer. I was like, okay, let me That's
1: insane.
0: Yeah. And so, but it was like, so like a PDF from my, you know, MacBook. There was no Canva. There was no, it, it was very, you know, a Google Doc basically that you would send out and it would tell people, here's what you eat at breakfast. Here's what you have for your snack. Here's what you have for your lunch. You know, let's all do this for 30 days. And it was amazing and it went really well. And I think there's something to be said, and I hope we can get into this later, about when you truly are passionate about something, even though there was some health like confusion there, I was still so excited about it, to go back to grassroots and know that like if you're really operating from passion, that people will just come because they can sense your energy around it. So anyways, then it was time to get a website. And again, it wasn't easy to how, you know, I know that your former business was, Rose Designs and someone just call you up and get a website. This was so unheard of. like People did not have websites. And so it took about a year and a half to finally get the website. And the night before it launched, I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire. Like I, <laughs> I was just convinced that everyone in their, in the world was going to buy Eating Pretty. I was so proud of it and so excited. And while actually we had quite a few website hits that day, people were not comfortable putting their credit card information on a website for a monthly subscription. Now that's all people do. But then it just wasn't – so I, it was crickets. I remember thinking, like, what? I, I was shocked. I really, really thought <laughs> I was young. Anyways, it was a really crazy hard journey. And then essentially I got really lucky and Groupon International partnered with me. And so they essentially would sell my meal plans, diets, on Groupon in a different state or province in North America every single day. So I had 25, I went from, you know, zero to 10, right? Like there was really not a lot of people. And I, and I want people to hear that too, that there's something about launches that, you know, the marketing aspect makes people think like, oh my gosh, this person has 5 million people signing up, you know, and definitely I'm sure I made it look that way, but ultimately It took a really long time to get there, right? It was crickets for a really long time. You know, friends would sign up, family members. It was tough. And then I partnered with Groupon and I went from, you know, essentially zero to dealing with 25,000 women. And when you deal with that many people, it's crazy. It becomes, you can only really put out fires. You're, You're only answering to the people that have a problem with the product because, there, it's just so overwhelming to have that many people come into your email box. And it was me and like an intern. And even though it was my most successful, I'd finally hit set financial success with the business, it also was the time where I realized, do I really want to be speaking to women all over North America about how to get skinny for a living?
1: Mm. You know, it was sort
0: of this awakening of, you know, seeing the torture that I had put my own self through and also just realizing how stressful it was dealing with women that really now I look back and really ultimately don't love themselves and so they wanted to take it out on me and you know anyways it was it was a a hard a hard crash for me because it was my whole identity which was right around the time I met my husband too so it was kind of so many things were happening at once but yeah I stepped back from that business and there were many series of things that happened the next 3 or 4 years Getting really serious with my husband, getting engaged, but then also from a work perspective. Oh my gosh, I feel like that would be a whole other podcast. I am a generator in human design, but I feel like I operated like a man gen in those few years because I did so from like hosting a wellness TV show to doing national marketing for wellness companies to like it was, I did so many different things in those three or four years. But the thing that continued to come back to me was women in my life that had either met me through Eating Pretty or just knew my natural personality coming to me for business advice, life advice, mostly business though, because I had had such an early start in it. Mm -hmm. So I was resistant to admitting that I was a coach for a long time, which I think you know. But the second that I succumbed to it, which would have been, I think it was the year after I got married, yeah, it exploded for me. And, you know, I worked with so many incredible women, primarily one-to-one, and that's how you and I met. So it's just like sort of a short overview. I feel like I could talk forever about the history, but that's sort of the path that led me
1: to, to meeting you. And I find your story, well, your story is so inspiring. And so one thing that I love, you know, just diving deep on and like, you know, exploring is you had so much success in that first business you know 25,000 25,000 women <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine you know and then well cancer clearly, I can't imagine because it's gonna happen manifesting that but but then to let go of that like how did you let go of that because I, I don't know the exact numbers but I'm assuming that was like a a, a massive, you know, amount of money that was coming in, but it fe- I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like it was out of alignment for you and you realized that. But how do you how did you make the decision to let it go ultimately? It's so interesting that you ask this question because the truth is the
0: version I just gave, I guess it was like the more overview, easier to tell, sort of smooth. But the truth is and I I really encourage everyone to think about this when someone inspires you, that it isn't this beautiful bell curve the way that people describe it in a story, and I'm guilty of it right now in this moment. It's so messy, and it's so up, down, all around. And so my husband and I have been talking about this so much lately. Oprah says, when you don't listen to the whispers, the brick wall will fall down. So Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but she essentially says, you get hints. You get clues. people show you, and if you're, you know, the universe is sending you signs. It's time to move on. It's time to move on, and it's up to you if you listen or not. But if you don't, you're going to be forced. And so, really and truly, that was my first lesson. Of I wouldn't say fall brick wall, but it, it, I knew in my soul, I had, you know, the fall to my knees moment of I, I can't do this anymore. But I was so wrapped up in ego and identity. You know, I was I was twenty. I, guess I would have been twenty nine years old, maybe thirty, and I, I was young. And i I didn't know anyone that was doing what any anything that I was, you know, close to what I was doing. Now we know everyone we know in our circles is doing very similar things. But then it was such an identity piece for me mm-hmm. that I I it was hard for me to step away, even though I knew in my soul. So then, like I say, the 25,000 women, like the angriest ones, would start emailing me. And we all know what that's like when you have a really difficult customer. It's so draining. It's so upsetting. You take it so personally, especially when you're younger. Then Groupon wanted to significantly reduce the price. Then, you know, they they didn't know if I could any longer stay in their Evergreen program. So they would still run me, but it wouldn't be an everyday type of thing. So then it was like, so I don't really remember exactly, exactly, but it was, it all kind of continued to crash and crash and crash. So while the money was amazing when it was consistent, I also was young, also a part-time bartender. I hadn't learned to respect money at that point yet. Now I think it's one of the greatest lessons of my life because as soon as you learn to respect and have worth around money, your whole life can change. I really believe that. We can talk about that after. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't have that yet. And when you don't have that, it doesn't really matter how much comes in. It's all easy come, easy go. And totally right so it doesn't like you could you could legitimately make a hundred thousand dollars and it could be gone in three minutes it it doesn't matter because you have no self-worth so you can't hold on to it and that was really based on you know my childhood and and my parents history with money and what I was taught but also my self-worth was so wrapped up that it was you know easy to make it look like I had a lot when really it was easy come easy go because I hadn't learned the worth around it. That forced me into a lot of financial lessons, which I would say over those three, four, five, six years before I found coaching, those were that was my biggest lessons in life, were finding my worth, healing my relationship with money. So it's a really long-winded answer, but essentially I feel the universe kind of threw the hammer down. And I don't really remember I remember coming to my knees and knowing that this wasn't right anymore. But I I I dragged it for sure. Until There was just it was uncomfortable at that point. Maybe it wasn't making it. Yeah.
1: Sorry, sorry. I was just too excited. So again, we haven't for everyone listening. Like being, this is the first time we're like properly catching up in two years. Okay, that also. Do you feel like time's on a vortex? Because yes, I'm so confused. I just said that, but with a very big question mark. I know we're like catching up in real time right now. So. Angela, I had the exact same thing happen with me with Rose Designs. And I also remember you said this to me and I don't remember what we were talking about. Oh, I do, but I can't say it on the podcast. (laughs) Um, But we were, it was like the universe sends you whispers and then it sends you boulders. And Mm -hmm. I've had many of I love that quote. I totally forgot about that quote because I'm tattooing that on my forehead. Because (laughs) when I was in transitioning out of rose designs very similar to your story it was like yeah on the outside it looks like i was like i had everything it was also exciting you know traveling and living in bali in australia and australia woo woo woo, you know but then on the inside it was like i was like literally like drowning and yeah. it, i kept getting those whispers of like this would go wrong this would go wrong this would go wrong and you know that card deck the starseed card deck i think so I think, yeah, it's, like, the one that's, like, everyone has it. Anyways, I drew – I was, like, okay, what is this about, you know? And I drew a card, and it was called, like – it's called the crumbling. (laughs) And the visual is, like, this, like, uh, building that's essentially crumbling, but below it is, like, heaven. And – the way I interpreted this was like, this is all happening for me, you know, and and yes. similar to your story, it's like, it's happening for you. It, at the moment, though, it's so scary. Because like, oh, you know, again, someone an angry customer reaches out and you take it so personally, and then, you know, group, you know, in your case, Groupon decides to like pull back and you're like, but my whole identity is feels like it's being taken away from me and stripped. But then on the other side of it, I'm sure you can identify if like, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me.
0: So much – I mean, you know what? The thing is, and I know that we'll get into it, I think my whole 30s was a series of really difficult challenges that were the best thing that ever happened to me, but it, it, that was my first really, like, rock my soul one, and it did. It, it forced me into – I think when this – Okay. I don't want to get too philosophical, but no, I, I get into this it. this happens in layers, right, in our lives. If we're meant to ascend to different levels, I believe that we can only get there by hitting rock bottom. It's like the phoenix rising from the ashes, right? Like burning it yes, all to sure. the ground and then rising to the next level. So that was maybe not the very first, because I think for many people, the first is maybe a romantic relationship that really brought you to your knees, or you know, things that are. More typical, maybe school situations. But for me, the first real world, you know, this is your whole world is going to be turned upside down was the situation. But what it taught me was so tied up in finances. And, you know, I came from a family where both of my parents, they're now recovered, but were addicts growing up, both lost their homes, both. You know, I lived through all of that. So I only saw a really negative relationship with finances and really living the easy come easy go lifestyle. You know, we we came from a family that my dad did well, but it was like always on the outside. It was well and under the hood was probably not as healthy and, you know, financially literate, et cetera, et cetera. And so it took a really long time for me to unlearn what I had had modeled for the first you know, 30 odd years of my life. So I needed that because now, so my belief, and I, I'm sure that you have a lot of people signing up for your programs and coaching who the main goal of manifestation is probably financial. Would I be correct in assuming that? 100%, 100%. Yeah. So for me, I, I believe that you can manifest anything financially with ease, but I believe with my whole heart that you need to go through that healing before you can. You can simultaneously. I, I also don't believe that you just need to sit in the darkness of things. I know that there's like a lot of famous programs that I'm sure a lot of people have have tried around manifestation. I don't want to like name anybody, but there are big ones that really get you to sort of sit in. The deep darkness of things. And I actually don't think that that's healthy either. I think we're human, we're 3D, we're meant to be living life and loving life, but we're supposed to be learning from our mistakes as well and saying, hey, when I did this, this didn't work. So how can I do it differently? And taking radical responsibility for what wasn't working and how can we change it and how can we unlearn it? And so, yeah, I would say that that was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it. Set me up with like such a good foundation to then build the rest of my life on top of. Oh, oh my! Son's
1: crying in the background, there's home. so much I want to unpack on that. So much I want to come back to the money piece. I really do because you know this is called the Money Mindset Manifestation Podcast, and one of my biggest topics touching on is money and is that you know. Healing that relationship to money and watching how literally you can, like you just said, like manifesting anything, any financial reality you desire with ease. And I really want to come back to that. I want to talk about now what happened in June 2020. So you know, June 2020 was the last like when our coaching container kind of wrapped up. It was basically the height of the pandemic. You know, you bless your soul, you coach us all through like the beginning of the pandemic. There was like, I don't know, maybe like 12 of us in our container. And I could just I couldn't even imagine being a coach during that time. Because everyone was probably like, what the fuck is going on? Like Mm -hmm. freaking out, you know, and you just like steered the ship so incredibly, obviously. And then, you know, June 2020 is when you started to take your break, right? So mm-hmm. can you talk us through what what caused you to kind of take a step back and what did that look like for you? Yes. Okay. So
0: I just – I can't even believe that container of 12 women. It was, it, it was one of the more magical things I've ever done in my life. It also – taught me a lot. So I'll get right into it. So the container that I had, it actually started January 2020. So I do was doing a six month. And so while I was coaching this amazing group of women, the best I had ever worked with, I, everyone I worked with I is amazing for anyone listening, but this was just... <laughs> It was it was just magical the way that things were falling in place for people, and that is obviously so rewarding. Rewarding as a coach, and I, everyone got along, and it, it was just it was like we would all do these masterminds, and I don't know, it was just a really high vibe group. And then the pandemic hit, and with the pandemic, it brings up so many unhealed wounds, brought up so many unhealed wounds for people that was a lot to hold space for because it's not just oh my business you know are people going to purchase from me it's so much deeper you know there it it's it's true fear because we really had no understanding in March 2020 of what what was about to happen from a health perspective will people have access to food will people be able to see their family people a lot of my clients really loved the freedom, traveling lifestyle. Can we do that? There was so much embedded fear, lots of childhood wounds coming up. And it was like, I I put on this new hat of coaching, which changed the trajectory of how I want to support people. Because what I realized is the deeper that I went with people, the more success they were seeing over a pandemic. It was pretty insane the pandemic was bringing up childhood wounds and deep fears for people so on our calls so much of the coaching was really maybe that a qualified therapist should have been should have been doing if i'm being perfectly honest it was so deep right every conversation was so deep and you know you're 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 sort of in it you've already gotten to know these women so well they're bringing their fears to you you're holding space for them to grow and it was like The more that we were sort of clearing that, it was almost a gift in a weird way, this stuff was coming up to be released. So the more that we would clear that, the more people were hitting their financial goals, it was a really oddly successful time for all of my clients in that period, more so than ever before, which I know sounds so backwards, but it, it genuinely was. But it also was a lot of space for me to hold. And not that I don't love being that person for people. But typically, if you're working with a container of 12 women, there's maybe one that's ready to just like deep dive, slam slam on the scuba gear, and just go for it, right? But most of them, it's it's, it's more surface, more like, here's your accountability. Do this, do this, do that sort of thing, right? And so to have all 12, you know... Kind of really ready to dive in with so much space to hold at once, and it it was taxing on my nervous system because I'm having I'm a human and having my own process as well. But then ultimately, also at that point, I had had six miscarriages, and my deepest desire was to become a mother. And it had the fertility clinics had shut down because of the pandemic, and it was just one of those. I felt like a vessel for holding space for everyone else, but the things that I wanted were not moving forward. And it was just, I was give, 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 giving energy. Luckily, I was up north at my cottage for those listening in Canada. I have a cottage in the Korthas, which is basically just lakes in nature. And that was really healing for my soul. And I think that nature really supported me at that time. But yeah, ultimately, I got really burned out. And I knew that I needed to take a break. So then. June 2020 I stepped back like mostly from everybody like you know there might have been a trinkle session here and there but for the most part I sort of said okay I'm going to take a full break and my my original intention was to take a break until September and then reopen a new cohort well I ended up having my seventh miscarriage in September like at the end of August beginning of September right when I would have launched and this miscarriage it was as if it opened a portal to all the pain that I had not felt. Probably because we were all in such stillness, because life was not what it once was. There were no, you know, Toronto influencer blogger events. There were no parties. There were no yeah, I'm making myself sound like a partier, but like, you know, you just do stuff all the time. There's There was no distractions. There was no distractions. Thank you. And so it it was this portal of pain is all I can like really say. It was sort of all seven miscarriages and losses and everything that that meant to me. Because, you know, when you go through fertility issues, particularly when everyone in your life sort of has what you want. And I know that this can apply to any manifestation. For me, though, it was 100% wanting a family. And then everyone around me, I had this amazing group of childhood girlfriends, but they were all dripping with young children. And they all just... Like that's the only thing that they could talk about. And it it was just so, it was so painful that I couldn't be around them. So I had no one really to relate to. I had amazing clients, but when you connect with your clients, it's always ultimately going to be about business. and And I knew that I didn't have the space for that right now. So it just became this really still and sort of lonely time for me but again how we were mentioning earlier you know when i stepped away from a business at that point like 7 8 years before this was a whole different level of healing that i never expected that i needed and actually nicole who was in our container she is the most amazing spiritual healer and oh gosh she's just the best but She was really coming into her own when we were working together. And she had reached out to me in September and said, hey, like, I have this intuition I'm supposed to do a session with you. I don't really know why, but let's do it. And so we did. And it was so powerful having support and working with her. She's – I honestly believe she's a witch. Like, she's just so, so in tune. So I ended up working with her like on and off, like whenever I sort of, you know, had something deep come up over the next six months. And I feel like having her hold space for me allowed me to really look within rather than sometimes we can't see it, you know, and I I hadn't really had anyone to hold space for me on that level ever before. I've had therapists, I've had, you know, friends that are business coaches, and you know, you're in these beautiful containers of all these amazing women, but I don't want to say it's surface because it's not because life is so exciting like the 3d is so exciting but when you have to go like deep 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 it's like you're not just gonna meet a friend for coffee and like deep dive right so yeah so healthy for me to have her and essentially what came out of that was that I mother everyone in my life every client my family even my like sibling relationships on both like Anthony's siblings and mine like I'm the oldest like I'm always the mom energy but mm-hmm. I needed to learn how to mother myself before I could become a mother and there were so many layers of healing and ancestral healing and that could probably be its own episode but it was deep and it was dark and it was very difficult like I'm not even going to sugarcoat it a little bit like it was I, my mental health was really not not okay at all <laughs> and it went from september until march of 2021 so september 2020 till march of 2021 it was i was just in in it but i feel like i shed 1 million layers of myself like i can't explain it i i definitely came out the other side a different person and a month later and so much stuff happened. I don't know if how long this podcast is going to get if I explain that entire march, but I
1: want to go into everything. So <laughs> let's just make it 5 hours.
0: <laughs> so essentially what happened was I had been manifesting the house that I'm like recording from right now. It's a neighborhood in Toronto that I since like for 15 years I have been manifesting and Anthony and I had actively been looking and you know, first we used to do manifestation walks around this neighborhood before we were able to afford and then, you know, our financial situation became that we could afford, but then the market in Toronto was so crazy and we had been doing bids and since, since probably my deep, dark hole. I swear. Since probably September of 2020, we had bid on maybe eight to 10 houses. And then March 1st, right as like I was kind of coming out of the smoke, we got this house finally. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh my goodness, whatever. Screw it. I'll just tell the truth. Okay. So then- 15 days later, I had a random woman reach out to me who had listened to our podcast and she owned a surrogacy agency and she wrote out, reached out and was like, hi, like I love you and your husband. I listened to your podcast and I'm your surrogate. Like I'm going to carry your baby for you. And so I was like, wow, because obviously we knew that if We tried again and it didn't work that that we were done. Honestly, at that point, I was kind of already mentally done because it's really taxing on the body and the mental health to have that many losses. So then we met with her and her family in person and we signed basically a contract with her that she was going to transfer one of my embryos that I already had to carry. And I feel like that piece, was the ultimate surrender because you know when in manifestation and I'm sure that you come up with this with your clients all the time people tell you like just relax just surrender especially in fertility but I think in everything you know don't force it don't push it so much and it's it's if you're in it and you are controlling it and forcing it you don't get it you're like I don't know how to stop like I just I don't know how, like, this is what I want. And you're trying to control the way it happens and control the narrative. And I think we've all been there, especially people who are meant to ascend to the next level. There's this A-type level that we're like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to happen. And there's no other way that it's going to happen. So in my mind, it was, you know, I'm going to carry my own baby and blah, 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 And, you know, over the pandemic, we had gotten certified to adopt. And then we had opened our minds to surrogate. And then this woman reached out. And we sort of signed on with her. And so even though I knew that I had one more treatment that we were going to try with my doctor, I had fully just let it go. Like I had just fully said, I hope this works. Try me trying one more time. But in the meantime, we're also going to be working with a surrogate. And ultimately, the the last treatment that was suggested to me, I don't even know like if if it matters, if I get into details, but if anyone is listening and in that position of recurrent miscarriage, feel free to reach out to me. I can give you the details of what worked, but it worked. And so two weeks later, after we moved into this house, literally two weeks after we moved into this house, I became pregnant. And when you have recurrent miscarriage, it's you are not excited right at the beginning because you're just sort of waiting for the inevitable But things just continued to look better. We saw the heartbeat right away. He was growing. He was, anyways, we did all these crazy tests because I had been through so much. Everything was coming back great. And so, again, even if I wanted to get back into work, my focus had fully changed at that point, right? I was so, you know, healing myself. And then all of a sudden, my whole life is changing. And oh my gosh, am I actually pregnant? And then you're in fear because you're, so scared that it's going to get taken away from you. And it took me really till halfway through my pregnancy to become a human again, if I'm being totally honest, like and and admit to people that I was pregnant. And so, yeah, that's genuinely what happened. <laughs> Cole's notes, but yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, when you said the surrogate thing, I was like, oh my gosh, you had a surrogate? And then I was like, no, no, I've se- I saw pictures of you with, the, with you pregnant. And I was like, so what happened with the surrogate? Like Okay, yes. Like, oh my gosh,
0: what happened there? So when I was 20 weeks pregnant, so August of last year, we ended up still moving forward and transferring an embryo to her, into her. And I knew that if it worked, that we would actually, I would have already had two kids. Like they would be four months apart. And for privacy reasons, like I'll keep this light. There were just a lot of red flags that had sort of, Right, Again, right, right. that because I was learning this new level of mothering myself, now mothering this human, I was looking past because I wanted this manifestation to come through so deeply. So instead of choosing what felt good for myself and what really was probably the right thing, I was like, oh, two kids would be better than one. Let's just get this done. And so we moved forward. The embryo didn't take. And now in hindsight, I think it's amazing that it didn't. Because I do have my son now. He was born on your birthday. I know.
1: We have the same I birthday.
0: <laughs> he was born on your birthday, which is actually the day before my birthday. And he's the best thing in the whole entire world. I love him so friggin' much. And while I actually believe that I could have handled another infant right now, believe it or not, I love being a mom more than anything. I love it so much. What I wouldn't have been able to handle is another – family of per- she this the surrogate now I don't want to sound like I'm talking ill in any way but when you ha- invite someone into such a personal area of your life and she has four children of her own and a really involved husband and there's a lot of red tape around surrogacy in Canada again a whole other episode to have that energy involved in this sacred time in my life wouldn't wouldn't have been right for us at all especially my my son was in the NICU for the first week of his life and then like my husband actually just really got sick and was in the hospital for a few weeks he's fine now but thinking about like all we've been through since he's been born imagine having someone else eight months nine months pregnant with your other child it just would have been way too much like energetically wise so it's a lesson of just Going with the flow. And even though the picture of, oh my God, can you imagine she finally got pregnant and then had a surrogate it would have been such a cool story, blah, blah. It wasn't the coolest story for us. And and that's okay.
1: Wow, Angela, Wow. Mm-hmm. So again, so much to impact here. And this thing keeps coming up in my life. And I love that this conversation is going here right now. And I talked about this last or this week's story, which was. The art of surrendering. Mm -hmm. But how do you surrender when the only thing you know is control? I
0: know. Oh, my gosh, Marley, I I could talk about this. I learned so much through my fertility journey. And I think that another reason, there are a lot of reasons, obviously, that I've sort of stepped back from – You know, I was a face-forward business since I was 24, 25 years old. And I'm 39 now. So I was legitimately in the public eye on some level for so many years. And so to step back was such a death of the ego for me, which was, it was so, and I'm st- I still work through it at times. And I don't know if that's forever, but, and I, I don't think it is, but, but I believe that I'm in the stillness in this moment for exactly what you're asking. So, okay, I have this theory that I'll, – I'll get to the surrender part, but I want to give a little context. So, December 21st, 2020 was something called the Great Conjunction in, Austra- in, in, in Australia, in astrology. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, I remember this. Okay, so essentially, the world moved like that for 200 years – We were lived in earth signs. Earth is very masculine energy. It's very, you know, if you think about, you know, what was successful, it really heightened right before the pandemic too. So think about, you know, everybody wanted to be the one main coach on the stage. Everyone wanted to be the most powerful. Everyone wanted to be, I I call it the one energy. We all wanted to be, and no one is exempt from this because when we dreamed about, being the best in our career. We we dreamed of being the one that everyone came to, right? Like it was as much as maybe the context was meant to serve other people. So think about like when you're first starting a business, you know, what's my why? You know, everybody did that piece of it. But ultimately, if you think of all the businesses and the business not even just business coaches, but just gurus that have been really burned to the ground since March 2020 happened. And ultimately, I believe that it was that, you know, people's true colors were shown, right? That it was really became more about business and success and business models and power and greed than it did, you know, actually genuinely helping the people. And I'm not saying this for everyone, because there are still amazing gurus that are still thriving. You know, Gabrielle Bernstein is one that comes to mind, um, right? So so there are definitely people that have the, the great intentions. But for the most part, I think in the old world, if you think back to like the 1950s, it was men and, you know, everybody wanted to be in the top floor of the Bay Street building and, you know, be the like power was really true form of success. And then as we like approached the 80s, women started saying like, no, we want to be, we want to have that opportunity too. But instead of doing it with from this beautiful feminine energy, which is the gift that women bring, they stepped into a masculine energy to be able to keep up, right? Mm -hmm. And so the world, if you wanted to be successful, you had to be in this hyper-masculine energy sort of like... Like dog eat dog, almost right, and that for me, like if you look at the way that success was modeled for us when we grew up, you know, and it wasn't until like the last few years that you know this feminine energy conversation started to happen, and the people that really were running their business solely for their own gratification, you saw them all, you we, from from a local coach down the street to a big massive, and I'm saying coach because that's my industry but it really happened across the board in every industry right
1: yep. so
0: then december 2020 21st 2020 we moved into air signs which is very interesting because that's things going viral that's which if you think viral pandemic but it's also things like working as a team lots of connectivity lots of like we all we all have equal opportunity so think like You know, connection through the internet. We've heard so much about those. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on what it's called, but like the internet lives, like AR, where people are someone else. Oh, metaverse. Yeah, metaverse, like all that kind of stuff, right? So it's that is that is like the energy of new world is that basically anyone can be anything, right? So instead of it being the one where we, it's power, you know, like. It, it's air signs, so we can all rise together. And I don't know if I'm explaining this properly, but no, it's I, perfect. Yeah, okay. So essentially, we're in this new energy now, where people need to let go of the old way of how things were done. Old world is hustle, hustle, push, force, right? So we're all unlearning right now, and if I, I, I know that you're feeling it, and I know that so many people can. See it online. It's like nobody wants to just all worship one person anymore. To me, when someone's marketing is like that, it gives me the ick now. Whereas that was really the way that it was. If someone did that ten years ago, you'd be like, "Wow, so impressive!" And now you're like, "Ooh, like I feel like maybe this is a little tone deaf, right?" And, and now it's it's really about if I can do it, you can do it too. Is the energy. And, and so I think, like, this is such a long-winded answer, but it comes back to how people can surrender. It's that, first of all, often we get forced into surrender, which for me, you know, I had just been in such a dark place that there was no other option but to surrender. You know, like, I just thought my body can't do this. You know, I, I have to look for alternatives, even though I don't want to. And ultimately, the way I wanted it to happen ended up happening the second that I surrendered. But because I, I bring this all up because I know that so many of the people listening are not probably trying, like having a recurrent miscarriage and trying for a baby. So I bring up the old world, new world in terms of surrender because I believe there's a new way of doing things. And when you feel stuck and like you need to surrender, it's often because you're operating in a way that does not feel good on the inside, right? So the old world is really let's hustle, let's push, let's force this to happen, let's work 24-7, you know, and that did serve people at one point. You know, It's you're, people are not wrong to have that learned behavior, but I sense such a shift in the world and I've experienced it for myself where... The most simple answer you can or question you can ask yourself when you're feeling like you're coming up against something surrender is: does this feel good? You know, and if the answer is no, it does not feel good, then how can I redirect the energy so that it does feel good, right? So, you know, I I use myself as an example of I can't force trying to have a child when my body just won't hold on anymore. Like I need to look for alternatives. So whether that's adoption or surrogacy, I don't want that every piece of my ego is like hates this and is fighting me and that's where you peel back the onion layers why why you know asking yourself you know why don't you want to look at alternatives what does it mean to you about you know what what are people going to think about you you know you could go on with the onion layers forever but ultimately really the question to ask yourself is does this feel good anymore why am i pushing and forcing you know, ego ego is such a tricky thing because we all are so conditioned to think this is the way that it's supposed to happen. And if I just follow A, B, C, D that I read in this course that I took, or this is the way it worked for someone else, so this is the way it's supposed to work for me, it's so old world. Now it is so much about coming home to yourself and saying, what feels good for me? And yeah. Yeah. That was a very long-winded answer, but I really believe that there's a new way of being. And for me in my own life, I've seen so
1: many significant shifts by following that. Wow. That was absolutely perfect. And you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. And I I don't know much about astrology, but I'm really interested in learning more. And I find whenever I – having these conversations to kind of understand how I'm feeling or put together like this like deep feeling that I can't explain. It can be actually explained through astrology and like what's Mm -hmm. happening in the world. And so right again, I'm I'm sorry for everyone who knows astrology because I'm totally about to butcher this, (laughs) but we're in a solar eclipse. Right. And Mercury retrograde.
0: The eclipse right. just
1: ended. Okay, okay, but yeah, but we're in Mercury retrograde right now, mm-hmm. and also there's something happening with everyone who's a Capricorn right now. What what was that about? Do you know what that's about? No,
0: I don't know what that's about. But can, can we get a break, please? Because <laughs> this
1: is crazy for us since like 2018, we've been going through it. Yes. Okay. So I don't. I had an astrology reading, like a birth chart reading, on Tuesday. And little me, I just, you know, I'm just like, I go up to a bud and I'm like, I'm just going to get this birth chart reading, you know, la, 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 don't think (laughs) anything of it. It was one of the most like deeply healing things I've ever Mm -hmm. been through. It was, so I wish I could just show you my chart, but essentially I have like eight planets in Capricorn in the fourth house, which is the one of that's like in, in the workhouse. Does that make okay. sense?
0: No. So fourth house. So interesting. Whoa. We have really similar astrological charts. So fourth house is home and family.
1: And Okay, wait, I might be getting the wrong one then. So it, intense, might be the sixth, it might be the sixth one. Is it six? Tenth. It's opposite to the fourth.
0: So I wonder... If, Send me your chart and we'll chat. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> so if it's in career, then that like would be so interesting and make a lot of sense. But it would be very – how old are you? 28.
1: Mm, you're about to have your Saturn return. Oh, I'm so no, I'm in it. Angela, I'm in it. I'm in it. And um, it started March 2020. My Saturn return starts March 2020. Stop it.
0: And like look at how much it's
1: changed. I know. Wow. And, and I – okay, I, again, I don't know if it's going to make sense, but I had Pluto went through every single one of my planets starting in the eighth house in Capricorn, in one of these houses. And it went through every single one of my planets. It went from 2014 to 2020.
0: And so – so, Which we I know. Said, we all know
1: your story, right? So that is yeah. true. <laughs> and it was so crazy because he was like, so what happened here? And I was like, well, you know, this is this. And and it's just, I don't know, you know, it's just so interesting how – and he – the way he described it has this, like, you know, of course, we have free will and we have free choice to make decisions and everything. But it's, like, it's hard to not argue that the are like, the kind of stories in the can, you know, because he's like, no matter what you did or what happened, like – this story that happened with your father and everything. It was kind of like you can see it in the chart, you know? And I was just like, wow. And so this kind of brings up the next thing I want to talk to you about. So I haven't talked about this yet. So, and you know, in the sake of sharing things, we are talking a lot about trauma because I've been reading the book, Happy Days by Gabrielle Bernstein. If you haven't read that book yet, it is phenomenal. And I'm only like literally like halfway through. But for some reason, every time I pick up one of her books, it's like exactly what I need to hear in the moment. And so she was talking about her, her, you know, story through healing trauma. And I was like, I was going up there. And you know, in her in her experience, she, you know, I think she was later in her 30s. And she remembered this trauma that happened to her. And and she had suppressed it so much that she literally didn't remember for like 30 years. And I was like going there, you know, and I was like, huh, I wonder if something similar has happened to me because all of the symptoms of like a trauma body. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, like I, you know, and I was like really resonating with what she was saying. And and then when I talked to this, you know, he's an astrologer, but he's also a psychiatrist and he's also an osteopath. <laughs> so he's just like the smartest, <laughs> coolest dude ever. And he was like, you know, and I kind of brought that up because I don't know how this conversation came up. And he was like, well, Marley, you know, it sounds like you're kind of like looking everywhere else and trying to heal everywhere else, but you're not focusing on this one big thing that happened to you, you know, like this one door that you don't want to open, which is like the death of my father. And he was like, why don't you want to open it? And I was like, and I was like, well, like, I don't want to open it. Like, I don't want to look at that, you know? And it was just, and, and for anyone listening, it's probably so obvious. Like, yeah, that was obviously a big trauma that happened in your life. Like, you know, that must've affected you deeply, but it's so interesting how the brain works, which is when somebody like that happens, it's like, it's almost too much for your brain to comprehend and so they can comp- so as your brain is smart and it compartmentalizes it and it just puts it in this box and it's like we'll worry about that later. And I honestly think that's what I've done for, you know, the past 3 years and I've put it in this box and I've been, you know, fine. And I've, you know, obviously I've done a ton of healing and a ton of work on this but I still haven't opened the box. And I, you know, when I was telling him the story of what happened, I was so disassociated. Like I felt like I was telling Mm -hmm. another person's story. And as I don't really talk to like the full story to many people. And, you know, as a psychologist, he was like, your brain is just like talking about it up here. You know, your mind's having this conversation with me, but your body is not here. And I'm like, yeah, it's not. So anyways, I just, it was like, and then we did something called cranial sacral therapy. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but it was so healing. And I was just like bawling my eyes at the whole time. Anyway. Really? Yeah, it was incredible. I don't even know what he was doing. Again, it was one of those things. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm signing up for, but Jesus, take the wheel. and like, let's do this thing. And it ended up just being so healing. And also just, I realized, okay, like I have this journey to embark on, which is like a deep a deep healing journey. But the reason I'm telling you guys this whole story <laughs> is you brought up your healing journey and it takes a lot of, like, I, I hate the saying, but it takes a lot of bottles <laughs> and it takes a lot of courage to go into that deep healing work. What advice do you have for someone, honestly, who's me today sitting here, who is like, I'm scared. like I'm actually genuinely scared to like open up that box and, like, look in there and feel those feelings, where do you start with that as, at, like, maybe looking back from the end of your journey? Not the end, because I don't believe healing ever ends, but, like, when you kind of were coming out of that, as you said, what advice would you give to someone at the beginning of that journey? Such a good question,
0: and I feel like there is not a linear answer, but I'm going to try my best from my own experience. Because I have two thought processes on this. One, because of the seventh miscarriage, I had no choice. Like it was – it overtook me. It was a tidal wave of, oh, here, we're just going to let you feel everything that you're, you've are you closed the door on the last six miscarriages because you covered it up by mothering all of your clients, by ignoring it, by, you know, travel. By. And don't get me wrong. Like life was amazing. I loved life. Obviously, I had – and I was very open about it through all the way through that I had a hole in my heart, like the whole time. And everybody knew. Everybody who knew me knew. Everybody who followed me knew. Like I was not – I did not hide it. And there was definitely times that I would, you know, go into healing modalities and I tried everything under the sun because you're not only trying just to heal that this pain that you're experiencing. You're also trying to make what you want come to fruition for me as a baby. So – Everything from Reiki to acupuncture to like literally like therapy to I lit, I tried everything, but ultimately, when the time was right, it was when it the tidal waves opened and it was time to really heal. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, I'm gonna just heal this, right? <laughs> so, I think from a bigger picture, life has a plan bigger than our own, and if you're meant to have a really deep space like I did of the six months of just going within, it's already pre-planned for you. I, I really feel that in my soul. But I'm also so of the camp that it doesn't need to be that way. In the way that life gets to be as joyful and feel good as you want it to with days mixed in that you sit and honor yourself. So I think we're so conditioned to believe that life is like super good and like nothing's wrong and we're as you like put your fingers up and said quotation like I'm fine right like that was definitely me over my fertility journey like I'm fine like I'm sad but like it's awful but like I'm fine you know but I think that maybe honoring the days where it wasn't fine a little bit more and that's where you know I I'm and i do not know if you have a lot of coaches that listen but where I struggled while well, I really love coaching. And I really love holding space for people. And I think that one of my greatest gifts is that I, I've i been calling it a seer because I don't really know the right word for it. I can see what people are supposed to... I can see the greatness in them. And I can really lift that up in them when before sometimes they can even see it. And then I'll have people come back and be like, you literally prophesized over me that I was going to flip houses or that I was going to the, this multi-million dollar coach or whatever it is. And like, I didn't believe it, but like I'm doing it now kind of thing. I and can so, test to that. <laughs> like, so, but the problem with that is, and I'll get into how I'm living life now a little bit more in a second, but it's difficult to choose to honor yourself when your time is committed to other people. Meaning if you have a full day of clients, but you wake up in a feeling of I really need to sit with the pain today. Something triggered me. I remembered my father. I want to sit with the, I want to sit with it. I want to honor myself. My body is telling me that's what I need. It's so feminine to do that, right? It's such a feminine honoring your feminine energy to be like, no, today, like it needs to be a slow day. I'm gonna journal. I'm gonna honor my dad. I'm gonna feel him. But if you have a full day of clients, like you can't, right? And so it's not a great answer because I'm not offering a total solution. But I would say that I'm still learning from, you know, being forced into this and, you know, how I would resurface by I've realized that time freedom is the number one important thing to me. And that is because I excel living in the feminine energy flow of life. And so I think you are such a spark of joy. Like you legitimately being in your presence – even when I coached you, I looked so forward to our calls because your energy is just so. Uh, I, I, it's hard to put into words. Like you just light people up. You are a spark of joy, and you let that out to everyone that you come in contact, like you know, in contact with. And I'm sure that people listening to your podcast listen for that exact reason. Listening to your podcast. Because I've been in this newborn hole, I've not been listening to podcasts, but I listened to some in preparation and I was just like, felt lit up by it, you know? And so people are gonna want that energy from you and have high demands. And it's so much about how can you share yourself, but then also honor what your soul is asking you to pay attention to in order to ascend to the next level. And it comes back to the whispers. For me, I couldn't listen to the whispers because I had a full roster of clients. And so, Then the brick wall came and I was in a hole for six months. And luckily, financially, I had already done all that healing. So it was no big deal, really, like in terms of what other people might panic about. I, I I was able and I'm still able to hold space for however I want to live life. And I've changed my business models and what I focus on now that have nothing to do with coaching at the moment. But I would say that my advice is honor the days if you can because but if but if a big deep dive is meant to happen it's just it'll be transformative and the darkest days I promise you they bring the brightest ones like I love life so much right now and <laughs> contrast of what it was that yeah, six months
1: wow well thank you so much for saying that by the way that means so much to hear you say that to me thank you and I love that advice that is such beautiful advice and for everyone listening this this advice that you know, you're sharing today can be so applied to so many areas. You know, we're talking about coaching, we're talking about family, but it's like, these are like, life, life lessons. And it, it doesn't have to just be business it doesn't have to just be coaching, whatever it is. It's like, this is a way of living. And what you're sharing today is like, yeah, I truly believe like, yeah, foundational, like foundational. I want to ask you, what does life look like now for you? Well,
0: so like I said, I did have my son in January. So he's four months old now. He's so cute. The best, he's the best little human. Yes. Honestly, we're, we're really blessed. Like he's just such a good baby. And I, I'm just, I'm like, I can't even think about it too hard. Or I'll cry. Cause I just love him so much. Like he's, <laughs> he's just the best thing ever in terms of work and business. So, since 2017, my husband and I have been investing in properties and like have rentals. And so we've formed now with the properties that we own, a company called De Bartolo Developments. That's my married name. That's why at the beginning I was like, I'm Angela McNally. I guess Debartolo, because <laughs> so crazy. Like people know me as Angela McNally, but in my real life, I'm Angela Debartolo everywhere. Like you know, cause you live at the doctors when you're pregnant in all my businesses. And, you know, so it's, it's so, I don't know. I'm finding, I'm having an identity crisis with my name. you would alter ego. <laughs> Anyways, so D-Bartolo developments. And so we're focusing really on kind of growing the short-term, mostly short-term rental. Like we have a few long-terms, but mostly short-term rentals. And so I'm loving focusing on that because it gives me, what I realize is yes, everybody wants whatever your, your threshold of financial security is and, and how you want to live your life. So for us, you know, there's a certain lifestyle, but then it's also like the freedom to be able to travel and do things and not not think about money, right? So like, of course, there's many levels of abundance past us, which will make it to the vision board. And, you know, my husband and I will meet up. Well, before the baby, it was weekly. Now I feel like it's monthly, but we'll do like a full review of like, finances, what's coming in, what's coming out, what are goals, what's coming up for us, all that kind of stuff. And of course, you're always wanting to ascend. But I think when you heal your money story and you kind of know that you're safe and you're really rooted, that root chakra, all that all that kind of stuff, that when you're safe in that, I think it reveals to a lot of people what is actually important. And I was one of those people that I realized as soon as like I was genuinely financially secure abundant growing all the words that you want and like it really wasn't wavering whether I was working or not because my money's working for me then I realized it's so much about time freedom for me like I want to be able to do what I want when I want and I know my husband's going through a transition where he's wanting the same thing thank god we're on the same page and he's adjusting his businesses accordingly right now because for us like being able to wake up and walk around our dream neighborhood and have a coffee, walking with our kids, you know, like that, like picking up and going to Italy for a month or taking off to New York for the weekend. or Like we love to travel It, and we haven't been able to because of the pandemic and being pregnant in a pandemic. That's just what is most important to
1: us. I love hearing you talk. I'm like at the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what does life look like for you now? Like what it sounds like you have this real estate development company, which is so exciting. I didn't even know that. And it really does. It's that's the thing I'm
0: like so secretive because I don't know.
1: Well, it's so exciting. And I feel like you're stepping into this, you know, this, and I love the word you keep using. And I forgot you use this word, which is ascend. And you also, you should always say this to me, which is like you have spiritually graduated and you've moved on to the next thing. And I feel like, You've you've graduated. Like you're in this this version of you, and this is how it looks. And I I don't know why I just had this download, but like, what's what do you think is in the future for you in terms of like, do you, are you drawn to come back to coaching? I don't know if that's too much of a personal question, or you know, stepping back into that version, or is this version of you feeling like a hell yes?
0: Okay, so I feel like the biggest hell yes I've ever felt in my entire life right now. I'm so happy. Like I, I feel it's so interesting because my whole life has been sort of somewhat public facing forward, right? So somewhat, you know, creating the content before creating the content was a thing and then it was a thing and that added a new layer of pressure and then keeping up with clients and holding space for people. And while like I know my gifts lie in those things, I know they do, I have no clarity On what, when I resurface, what that will look like. But I know that right now, if I follow my rule that I've mentioned a million times today of following what feels good, right now, that doesn't feel good. And it's actually not about, because there are select people, especially, you know, clients that I've worked with in the past, like you would be a great example that I would love to hop on a call for an hour and hold space for and like do a program like that but the issue I I don't know if you find this with your coaching I shouldn't call it an issue because I I don't want to sound offensive in any way but you form such a bond that when it's not like you can just give this hour of time and then cut it off like for me I'm such an empath and I'm it's like if I sign up with you for six months like I'm thinking about you all the time I'm I'm I feel connected to you. I feel your pain. If you reach out, I'm going to answer. And like, I don't have space for that right now. And I don't know if I will again, but I'm a new mom. So right now my 24-7 job is the cutest human on the planet. And I love it. (laughs) Like it's the best thing ever. And then anything that is like an income producing activity in our lives, which there are many like different little things mostly to do with investments, whether that's in real estate or stock investments or crypto or whatever. Like it's I get to do it when I want to do it. And that I've realized is so important to me. So do I miss applying my coaching talents? I really do. I honestly really do. And sometimes I'll like someone will capture me for a conversation randomly and they're like, whoa, like you should do this. And I it lights me up for sure. But it's the time piece that i'm not willing to sacrifice right now and i i know that it will reveal itself when it's supposed to do i feel like i want to share more i do i'm revamping my website right now yeah so like i but i just don't know what that's going to look like yet like and and i'm so fine with it because i love my life and it's just i went through so much to get here and even if i look at all of my stages since you know i started telling you a story that really originated 15 years ago And every high moment from that company to the lull in the middle of like learning myself and all the cool opportunities I got, and then into coaching, there was always a piece missing. And I love my son and I love being a mom. I don't think it's like the cheesy mom answer, like it was my son. I think it's more than that. Like, I think it's being able to step into this role where I get to do what's best for me and my family at any given moment without. Having to do anything else, and I know that can maybe we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I never want to sound tone deaf, but like, oh, I get to do whatever I want. Like, but I've just made really strategic decisions, and so you know, I'm myself and my husband that I get to do that. You know, that was a long term manifestation for us, and I'm happy. So I don't know what what will be next.
1: I had a download of you writing a book. Is that like a thing? Yes, it's been a thing. It's so funny. And you are – I'm not even
0: kidding. It's like the universe will – anyone that I come into contact with, like whether exactly it's an astrology reading <laughs> or some random human, it's always – they'll just drop it in. Like, oh, you're supposed to write. I know I'm supposed to write a book. I know I am. I love to write. I started as a blogger. like you're. That's how I, this all kind of came about my comfort with being on the internet was blogging before even eating pretty started. But I just, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to come through, you know, but I, I welcome it. I welcome, you know, that idea. It's like how you knew that you needed to leave Rose designs in order to do exactly what you're doing right now. And it felt explosive within you. It felt like nothing else can get in my way because like this is the thing that I need to be doing right now. I don't feel that about anything else but Dax, which is my son's name <laughs> right now. And so I'm so excited for the next time that I feel that. But I've learned to just trust the universe so much because I'm a generator and like a pure generator. And I'm the most generator generator in the world. Like <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm on and juicy and following what feels good, I know it's magnetic. And well, when you're I'm- a
1: Capricorn generator. So that's just like another breed.
0: Right. It's like, it is. And I, the more I learn about human design, the more I'm like, wow, this is so incredibly mind blowing. But yeah, when I'm juicy and doing what feels good, things just align for me. And so I know that when the book is meant to download, because I could write about 5 million things, but what's the thing? Like what, I don't know what the thing is. Yeah. So yes, it's, I know it's in my future, but who knows?
1: (laughs) I can't wait for it. I'm going to be at the beginning of your book signing, first one there <laughs> with my book ready. <laughs> okay. So as we wrap this up, I want to, I want to leave, you know, we've talked about so much today. We've, we've been on a journey together and I'm so grateful for your time. Cause I know as a new mom, time is up, you know, you're like you said, you know, and you want to be with, you know, all your time is spent towards this, the cutest little human ever. So I'm so grateful for your time today. What is something that we could leave the audience with? Maybe it's a saying, a message, a book, a podcast, a journal prompt. Like if we could like wrap this conversation up in a bow and like leave them with the gift, what is that thing that you're feeling called to leave the audience with?
0: Yeah. I I like it's as soon as you started asking it. And I know we've mentioned it so many times. We just finished on a story about it. It's really and genuinely – Stopping with the shoulds, the have tos, the mm-hmm. in order to get X, I need, I should do this or I need to do this. Practice, and it does take practice following what feels like a yes in your body, what feels good in your body. So instead of your mind being the dictator, like it's such a practice, right? Because we're so conditioned, old world. I know we talked so much about that earlier. My, long astrology tangent, but it's so, it's so important to let go. That's why we see the world crumbling around us. And so many people being burned and businesses being burned to the ground is because we're not supposed to do the force, the should, the hustle anymore. We're really supposed to be like, what is best for me and my body? Like what feels like, what feels good. And so my challenge is just practice that. You know, the next time that you have a like, oh, I don't want to do this, like question it. Why am I? Like, why do, am I forcing myself? Is there a better way? You know, could I let this go? And if I'm letting this go, what's fighting me on it? Is my ego because of what people think? Or is it, you know, we all need aligned action. And I'm not saying just to sit on your couch and do nothing. But I would say the line is to follow what feels good. And I promise you, life will change in the most miraculous ways.
1: Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to replay that, like, every single morning and just be like, yes. And Mm -hmm. I feel – I'm just so grateful that you were with me for the beginning of my, like, entrepreneurial journey and this, like, this new coaching journey as well because I I had such a strong foundation with you of – these lessons and these golden nuggets that, you know, you've given us so many from in this conversation. And I, I, like I've, I'm like i hearing you say this, but I, I know you've said this to me before as well. And I know a lot of people listening to this will understand me on a deeper level now that they've met you because it's like, like, you set the foundation tone for me. And those are practices that I now live by and I was like oh yeah Angela told me that you know what I mean it's like it's so amazing so thank you so much for being with me here today I definitely if when you have time I would love to do a part two and I want to talk all about money and I know the whole audience is like give us the money healing things
0: <laughs> let's do it anytime honestly I swear to goodness that we touched on so many different things that I was like okay don't talk about this too much because this is a whole other podcast. So yes, anytime. I would love to come back.
1: We have like five other podcasts, I think, in that podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, oh I, I'm just, you know, when you're, you wrap something up and I'm like, I hope that made sense. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, it made perfect sense. Everything you said was so helpful. So for everyone who's just heard this, Where can everyone find you? You know, see beautiful, cutest photos ever of Dax. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm at Angela
0: McNally on Instagram. And then my website is also AngelaMcNally.com. It's a little dated right now, but maybe by the time this is out, it'll be not dated. So it's coming.
1: Yay. Okay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open and sharing your story. I know it's gonna inspire and motivate so many people. So thank you. Aw, thank you for having me. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, hey, hey. Before you go, would you love a free money hypnosis? You guys, this is what I listen to every single night to rewire my subconscious mind so I can manifest the money that I desire. It is absolutely game-changing if you've heard me talk anything about subconscious mind and Anything along the realms of healing your subconscious mind to help align you and attract money into your life, hypnotherapy is the way. It actually heals and rewires your subconscious mind to make it believe and truly allow it to believe that you deserve the money that you desire. So if you want this free money hypnosis, all you have to do is leave us a review, you know, honest review, how you're feeling about the show take a screenshot right away and then send it to hello at marleyrose.ca and we will send you this free hypnosis. You guys, it's going to be absolutely game-changing. It's how all my clients have manifested all their massive goals in their business and in their life. Okay, thanks so much you guys. I hope it's a great tool for you to use and manifesting all the money that you desire. Lots of love.